Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. James Harden is now a Los Angeles Clipper, and Rick Camp will tell us how to approach possible bets on them and the 76ers a little bit later. At 10 o'clock Eastern time, Eric Kratz will tell us how to bet on Game 4 of the World Series tonight. And then at 11 o'clock Eastern time, Brad Powers has his favorite plays on what promised to be one of the more monumental weekends of the college football slate so far. But first, Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions knock off the Las Vegas Raiders 26-14. Detroit covers the minus 7. This game goes under the 46 and a half. As we all expected, rookie running back Jameer Gibbs goes off. What a monster night he had. It was a not-so-monster night for Jimmy Garoppolo, to say the least. Josh Jacobs goes under his 63-and-a-half rushing yards. Joe, Lions look good. Raiders look bad, just like we all expected, right? Yeah. Happy Halloween, everyone. Did they? Did the Lions look good? Honestly, I'm pushing my hate to the side. Like, they failed four to five times in the red zone. It's probably one of those games where they knew, okay, we can just take the three and we're probably going to be just fine. We're, it's probably going to be a two-score game in the very end, which it was. They ran all over them. We knew it was going to be a Gibbs game. Gets 31 touches, 189 total yards. Amon Ross St. Brown had his. There were standout players on defense. <laughs> Defense, Anzalone, I mean, he was in the backfield the entire night. Uh, a couple know, sacks, tackles for losses, QB hits. It was all day. I mean, they dominated them in the box score. But it could have been so much worse. You know, like they just kept going to the getting there, and then they end up in these third and long situations. So they're like, I guess we just got to take three points. We'll just keep taking three points. Um, yeah, I, I felt like the lines were a little lucky, not in last night, just – how it uh, how it ended up the Raiders were their opponent because they're a dumpster fire, man. I mean, just everywhere yeah. you want to look, it, we can start with Devontae Adams. Like, he hates his quarterback. He should hate his quarterback. Mm-hmm. How many times did he miss him while he was wide open? I don't want to kill Jimmy G too much because as much as he was getting hit, it looked like he was hurt. Maybe I'm giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt. Oh, but it's it's ugly, and I, I wonder if the Raiders make any move before this afternoon's deadline. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Even you look at the box score on the Raiders' side, oh, my gosh. Like, I cannot wait to hear what Devontae Adams is going to say after <laughs> 11 yards. 11 yards. We're talking about a dude who was already mad. Now he only has 11 yards. He has got to be fuming. You've got to ask the question, is Jimmy G the guy? I mean, the coaching staff seems to think so, but they don't really have any options, right? It's just not working. I, I was higher on Jimmy G when he first signed with the Raiders, but now I'm starting to think that the 49ers made him look better than he is. Either that or he's really banged up, but I am not high on Jimmy G right now. They've got to do something. Even if Jimmy G were some kind of an answer to some kind of a test, even if it were just a, okay, they can make the playoffs with him, is that really what you want to do if you're the Raiders? Because Mm -hmm. you've got a long way to go to catch up to the Chargers, much less the Kansas City Chiefs in your own division. 
And now it looks like the Broncos may be inching ahead of you as far as that's concerned. So regardless of whatever you think of Jimmy G, this is something where the Raiders need to be tanking right now so they can look to the future and finally get competitive again. Then again, I've seen how the Raiders have performed in the draft over the last few years. So maybe it doesn't even matter. Maybe the whole thing needs to blow up. I don't know. But here's the thing, though. I would push back on this idea, Joe, that the Lions, you know, I I know what you mean as far as, okay, they weren't lucky per se, but maybe the game should have been a lot closer than indicated. Would push back on that one notion just because this Lions defense continues to impress. It's getting better and better. For next-gen stats, Lions defense generated pressure on more than 71% of Garoppolo's dropbacks. That's the highest pressure rate by a defense since 2018. And here's the crazy part. Pick your favorite O-line rankings. Nobody was coming in saying the Raiders' offensive line was terrible. At the very least, it was one of the strengths of this team. And absolutely, they obliterated it. And it wasn't just Aiden Hutchinson. There were plenty of other guys who are able to get into that backfield on a consistent basis. This D-line is getting better and better by the day, and some of these pressures were quick pressures. Some of them weren't. Garoppolo was hanging on to the ball too long on many dropbacks, and so that's certainly a concern going forward, especially if you're under siege and you're just not trusting anything that you see. That could cause uh, inaccuracies. But I look at this and I say, if Garoppolo is playing this poorly, then you need to be tanking right now and looking to the future because you have a lot of fantastic quarterbacks coming down the pike. And you just drafted one, and you don't know what he is. And yeah, he's a rookie, and he's going to struggle. Play Aiden O'Connell. Why not? What do you have to lose at this point? Get an answer on the guy. Maybe it's a Titan situation, and the answer you get is, no, he ain't it. There's no reason in investing another season into him. Don't wait around and think, okay, maybe you can develop into a backup, develop into something down the road. Let's avoid the quarterback position. No, get an answer on these guys as quick as possible. What's the point of Jimmy G? What is it? To be in the middle? To keep fans interested? Doesn't make any sense to me. On the Lions front, I would say, are they the Cowboys? As uh, Jason LaCafora says, do they punch down? That's my question, because a lot of those numbers that have been accrued by their defense, Raiders, Bucks, um, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter, and then against the Ravens, how they do last week. Even against Geno, they gave up a ton. Week one, you do it without Kelsey. Like, you know, when they're facing good offenses, I'm not seeing this great lines defense. So that, that's that's it's- where I would push back. It's so funny you brought that up because when you first said I'm going to push my hatred to the side about the Lions, I literally thought the Lions are to Joe what the Cowboys are to me. And then you just made that comparison. And I'm like, wow, I was literally thinking somewhat (laughs) similar lines there because I just rip off the Cowboys every chance I get. And I think you do with the Lions. But we both have fair uh, arguments to do so. So, yeah, I think that's a good and comp in terms of punching down. I don't know that we're going to get an answer until we get to the postseason. So they go on by now. Then they've got the Chargers. Okay, they have a quarterback. Yeah, but everything else is in question, including the head coach. They haven't played the Bears yet. They get them a couple of times. The Packers, the Vikings, who know who the quarterback's going to be? I mean, there are <laughs> Minnesota, two of the last three games. That's going to be a below- <laughs> 
NFL level quarterback. So we're pro uh, guys, we're probably not going to get the true answer for people that question them like me until we get to the playoffs. Aaron's already breaking out the SAT analogies uh, here at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So uh, we are we are definitely enjoying our Halloween here. The other thing, too, is like, look, even if the Lions are punching down, even if you're right, it's the NFC. The Lions could get right. the one seed and then almost who cares if they're only oh, punching yeah. down because that, that, that may be all that matters. Like, okay, fine. Cool. Well, then they're going to get a really, really tough test come Super Bowl time. But then you're giving Dan Campbell two weeks to prep and then maybe they just, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and we go, all right, maybe this is one of the lesser impressive uh, Super Bowl championship teams. But at the end of the day, so what? They're definitely in the running for uh, the one seed in the NFC. Something I know we will be talking about a little later on in the program when it comes to team futures and how to bet on those uh, through eight weeks. Meanwhile, let's talk a little basketball. Yes, NFL trade deadline is today. And certainly we have some thoughts about that in the early goings. But there was an NBA trade uh, last night, this morning. What was it? The news broke around 2, 3 in the morning uh, from Shams and Woj. <laughs> Uh, the Sixers traded disgruntled James Harden to the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Sixers and Harden, P.J. Tucker to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, K.J. Martin, 2028 first-round pick, two second-round picks, uh, pick swap in 2029, an additional first-round pick that will be routed from a third team, uh, sources told ESPN. So, yes, James Harden is finally an L.A. Clipper. We have been waiting for some time for that to break, and it finally did uh, very early this morning. As far as uh, my thoughts as the L.A. native in the group, if you look at basic catch-all analytics here, James Harden is 12th in Darko, 16th in expected plus-minus from dunks and threes. He's worth more than 11 estimated regular season wins. And Kawhi Leonard is fifth in both of these metrics. So you have two of the top 15-ish overall players in the NBA. And if you go by Darko and add Paul George to the mix, you have three of the top 15 players in the NBA. And so no other team is this top-heavy, Aaron. No other team is this top-heavy. And look, the Bucks, the Lakers, you know, the Celtics with Drew Holiday, these are other teams that are coming close to this mix. And we consider all of them, or if, or not all of them, most of them, to be championship contenders. And so for the Clippers, I completely understand them making this move. Whatever you think of James Harden, at least I understand why they need to make it. Because look, this championship window is closing with Kawhi Leonard and PG-13. So they also get to keep Terrence Mann, which was really important to them because they like him as that sort of positionless Swiss Army knife. I understand the baggage that comes with a move like this, but in a way it felt like it was a move the Clippers had to make. The Sixers certainly had to make that move. It could be addition by subtraction for them, but will it all work out to dethrone the Nuggets, the Suns, teams like that? That will be a challenge. I mean, I would be shocked. I think I've bet on the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers are very much like the Chargers. You just keep waiting for them to put it all together. And then you place your future bets and they never cash. That is what's going to happen once again. The Clippers and the injury issues. And now they're just a team of, you use the word baggage. Oh, 
you NBA player, you've got baggage. Oh, come aboard. We'll sign you. Come play with the Clippers. I mean, Harden and Westbrook now playing together for the third time. These two guys are like the biggest misfits that nobody wants on their team. They're constant drama. And now they're once again, teammates. Kawhi, don't even get me started. The dude's just injury prone. The whole thing is a disaster. I honestly would be shocked. And I am not putting my money on any Clippers futures, Joe. Yeah, I wish I cared, honestly. Like, I'm so tired of the Harden thing. It's the same story again and again. And he's going to get upset and he's going to demand a trade to be somewhere else. How many times are we going to say Harden part of a big three? How many times have we had this conversation throughout his career? If, if, if. First off, now you're putting the two biggest ifs in the NBA. It's every year, the Clippers. Oh, if, if the Clippers, if the Clippers can stay healthy, they have this talented core. Their top two is as good as anybody's top two in the NBA, blah, 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 blah. And it's the same thing with this dude that they're bringing in. He goes to Brooklyn. Oh, how are you going to stop the big three? Reed Wallach's having a parade. Like, oh yeah, you can't stop this. (laughs) There's no way you're going to stop Kyrie and KD and, and Harden. And yeah, it was, it happened. Oh, Philadelphia. Yeah, he got his guy. All right, Harden's going to be happy. It's going to work. Embiid, Maxie's going to get to that next level. Now they have their big three. It's the same thing again and again and again. And I am not spending a dollar on any Clippers futures. And it's the same argument. And it's tired to me. They will not do anything. It's going to be the same thing. They're going to be a tease. And the number's going to be in that mid-range. And people are going to get talked into it. And thinking all these ifs come together. And it's not going to come together. You might be right. You might be right. <laughs> we we will find out soon enough uh, how yeah. well everything gels uh, out in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, World Series Game 3. Very interesting as far as the Rangers winning 3-1, to one, but Texas may have lost to Dulles Garcia. Max Scherzer had to leave the game early because of back issues. Yes, the Rangers are leading the best of seven series two games to one, but are they more vulnerable despite having a lead, Joe? Ooh, Texas now a minus 300 favorite just by taking that game last night. A minus 300 favorite now uh, to win the World Series. Yeah, so um, we've got those three games in three days. And due to the Scherzer situation only lasting 36 pitches last night, they the bullpen has to go six innings. This is a bullpen, as we've talked about, as everybody knows, not as deep as the Arizona side. And what do we have now? We have bullpen day in game number four. I understand why the Rangers, it's common sense that they should be the heavy favorite, but there's a lot of reasons, I believe, to back the other side, and I think we're in for a long series. Somebody had to win game three and take the lead here. And it feels like a momentum shift, like the comebacker, the back spasms with Scherzer, everything just pointing towards, I want to bet on the Diamondbacks now. So we'll see what happens. It's very interesting for sure. Yeah, John Gray was uh, allegedly going to be the starter for game four for the Rangers, and now they're going to Andrew Heaney, which means it's also a bullpen game for them, as it already was for Arizona. So we will definitely break down this matchup and figure out how to bet on game four and beyond. Meanwhile, this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we get back to the NBA. Rick Camp from 4 for 4 and BetSports lends his expertise and early season insights right here on the BetQL Network.